that's so interesting. Ooh, that's interesting. Well, that is very interesting. Please tell me more. Very interesting. Marty, that was very interesting. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to That's So Interesting. It's the podcast where we discuss what we think are objectively interesting things. I'm Graham, and today we, the three of us, are going to take a little trip down memory lane and <laughs> talk about how our friendship sort of came to be. Uh, but before we get into all those details, as always, I'm joined by Brandon and Brian. Fellas, how are you doing? Doing great. What's going on, everybody? Huge shout out to our boy, Brandon Brock his team, the Alberta Golden Pandas, <laughs> have advanced to the U Sports Final Eight for basketball. Oh, so yeah. So huge, huge shout out to them. He's been working tirelessly over the past couple of years for this, and uh, it's good to see him go. Really yeah, it's exciting definitely stuff. Been, definitely been a long road, but yes, the Golden Bears <laughs> <laughs> are off to Halifax. We fly out tomorrow morning at... Uh, 7:15, which like was kind of crazy because you find out it's 7:30 Eastern on Sunday, and then if you're in, you have to fly out the very next day. Wow. So we got tickets. We got tickets. We got tickets. But it's gonna be an interesting travel day. Like you can't fly. There's only four flights a week, Edmonton to Halifax direct. Uh, so I imagine we're gonna be connecting multiple times tomorrow. I feel like it'll be a long day multiple yeah i can see us going edmonton calgary calgary toronto toronto halifax that's my prediction oh you don't even know i have no idea i was told i was told bus is leaving at five so i like that (laughs) and i like that you get to go i think that's cool yeah yeah it's uh it's gonna be a fun experience you're right it's been a long time in the making unfortunately i don't think Mm -hmm. it was gonna happen for me at waterloo so i had to jump ship take my talents over to uh (laughs) <laughs> to U of A, South Beach. <laughs> and, right uh, on. Yeah, I mean the guys worked hard for it, so they they uh, they deserve it. That's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> We're talking about how we met. Let's 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 do this. Dial yeah, back. walking down memory lane. And for our listeners who don't know, that pretty much started. We we can trace it back to orientation week at Waterloo, and so for. Th- people who might not know what orientation week is basically as a first year incoming student you would attend various like events to meet other people and have fun as you transition to your new university life and everything like that and a big part of it is upper year students being mentors and volunteering their time to lead you in activities and just be friendly faces around and I think that's how you know everything ultimately got going you know, whether it was during our first year for us connecting or in future years as leaders together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about. So six years ago, yep. September. Six whole years. First week of September, six years ago, all three of us didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. But we're all within probably three feet of each other at one point. And that was the first mm-hmm. time we would have ever been in the same area and now we're doing this podcast and you're probably right like it's from the relationships we made during orientation week and i honestly i have to give so much credit to brian so brian was one of my orientation week leaders and like 
don't know. I think people may have gotten a sense of who Brian is through the podcast, but super outgoing, super friendly, uh, was super Not welcoming me. to me as a first year student. Uh, I was very, very apprehensive to go to orientation week. I was you know, really nervous to meet new people and um, be in a new space and having moved across the country. And I'm just so thankful for you for making it such a welcoming environment, such a welcoming place to be and ultimately breaking me out of my shell to the point where I was able to really engage in orientation week and just really enjoy it. And I think it changed my entire landscape of how I experienced university because, you know, you made me feel comfortable. I was able to go meet friends. I was able to go meet guys like Graham. Who sucks. Go to different events. Facts. Try new things. (laughs) um, And just like totally feel different about the university experience and i'm not sure i mean you know ahs is fantastic and we had tons of great leaders but i don't know if it wasn't for the direct contact that i had with you on the first day that i would feel the same way about about everything like who knows if i would have come back for the second day so i don't know if i've ever told yeah, you that but i don't know but i think i, I think, think it that just credit goes to out the, to like i hate when this happens <laughs> i was just saying i think it speaks to the person. impact that that <laughs> orientation leaders can have on first years and that's why i think as we've gone on all three of us have done our best to encourage everybody to go to orientation week because you know whether you're a first year or a leader i think the connections you make and the impact that you have on the community is is incredible Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and i admit i'm definitely jealous of the way that you got to start your relationship with brian earlier than me but it's fine because really <laughs> it's like, okay guys <laughs> well really reflecting on my experience like it, like obviously orientation hooked me as well but i wasn't on the same team as you two right and so our relationship either started partway through my first year or even pretty much that following orientation uh when brian would have been fuck and you know we would have started down you know that dynamic and and everything like that so I think that really goes to show how impactful orientation was because it wasn't necessarily that immediate or direct impact that, you know, defined certain relationships and friendships, but it just allowed for this sort of awesome growth in friendship, like more over time, which was obviously worked out really awesome for me. So, yeah, I remember, (laughs) I remember, um, it might have been the first or second day we were trying to like remember ben and i were trying to figure out how old brian was <laughs> 97 we're like yeah. man the guy's got to be at least 25 continuing education yeah like just an, you know Lordy. an older guy very comfortable very outgoing probably um, doesn't wear a towel in the locker room <laughs> never have yeah, but no, he was only in a second year. <laughs> <laughs> that was really. That was yeah, was. what was that? So second year, that I was only like you were nine, in your second 19. year. I was nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I think you had the but, full no. face of facial hair. Did you not? I think so. Nineteen yeah, think so. going on twenty six. <laughs> but like orientation, like I feel like they did the same for me, and it doesn't really. I don't think it has a big impact on who people's leaders are and like, or orientation leaders are and, or for those of you from Quebec or somewhere else, it's Frosh, Frosh week. Oh yeah. We should have clarified that. 
for everybody who didn't like, go to Waterloo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's all about creating that like welcoming dynamic, putting yourself into people's shoes and remembering like potentially what your experience was in your first week might be completely different for the like another person coming in. So you have to take that step back and be able to just have conversations to figure out what their needs are. But uh, yeah, no, for those of you who don't know Brandon or don't know him well, or the want to learn something new about him. He was a very shy, young grasshopper <laughs> who came into my arms, crying on the first day, missing his mom. No, just kidding. Um, I was like, wait, no, what? but I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so traumatic. Yeah, it was repressed. <laughs> but the cool thing is, and I can't, unfortunately can't speak to Graham, but with Brandon, he came and he was more or less like every other first year that you walk in and you you stand across from other people and you feel like you're the biggest loser again because you don't know how to make friends when everybody else doesn't know how to make friends and then by the end of the week he was jumping up and down doing cheers with everybody actually pretended to be barney stinson for a little bit rocked the suit and tie you know he just came like completely out of a shell and it's it wasn't because of me it's because of all the people around that were i don't know allowing for people to express themselves however they wanted to without being like oh you're a loser like we're back in high school and being judgmental um so i thought that was that was kind of neat and then yeah just seeing then keeping the relationships going and not being like oh i'm a like i'm older than you you don't have to talk to me like i'm i'm cooler yeah. you just keep all of your friendships going and try to make them as lasting as possible especially mm -hmm. with those of you who connect with and then you know you still shoot the shit on a podcast six years later 100 <laughs> percent, yeah and that's something that i think i really appreciate ahs for and i don't know what you want to call them but i've taken to calling them vertical friendships it's just the idea of befriending people either older or younger than you and like it's something that I think HS does really well because there's not necessarily that hierarchy with upperclassmen versus first years or frosh or something like that where people are genuinely interested in getting to know you and it doesn't really matter what year or whatever that you're in. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the biggest things for me or one of the most eye-opening things for me during orientation week was that I found in high school, you kind of hung out with the people in your grade. Whereas yeah. in university, you kind of just hung out with anybody. It didn't really matter what year you were in, um, you know, what program you were in, what classes you had. I think everyone just kind of had a mutual respect for everybody and was open to talking and sharing and collaborating and being friends with anybody. It didn't really matter about all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really awesome. Yeah, definitely. So what's what's one, or more than one, what what are some experiences from a week that like individually really stood out to you, Brandon? <laughs> I, I'm sure this story has been told many times during our little circle of friends, but this is when I was a leader um, in my first year. So my second year, as, as a second year student coming back as a leader, and uh, we have this thing 
called the Outback Shack, which is mm-hmm. our 24-hour um, information booth for really anybody, but primarily for Applied Health Sciences students um, to come and check in if they're missing an event or they're lost or not sure where to go. Um, at any time during the week, 24 hours we're open, we can do walk-homes, um, we're there to hang out, sometimes, you know, oftentimes we'll have video games, there's couches, and um, just a fun place to hang out. So, I can't remember if I wanted an overnight shift, or if I if I was scheduled it, or or whatever, but um, I think, I'm trying to remember who was there, I think definitely Vince was there, Alberto was there, and Ben was there. Uh, not sure if Brian was there. Brian was probably sleeping. Right there. Yeah, this is a big name drop right here. Anyways, we're we're hanging out at the tent. It's an overnight shift. And we had just had, I think it was the day after, it must have been the day after Pulse. Um, like and that I think the night. Events, yeah, so this was at night. So uh, Pulse, I won't go into huge details of what Pulse used to be. Um, but super active, super long day. We go off site. It's like a nine to six. You're in the sun, uh, you're exhausted. And then we get back and, uh, I've got this Outback Shack shift overnight and Ben and I were trying to have this competition of who could stay up 24 hours. Cause the next day is Friday, which is another huge day. Um, so basically you're not getting any kind of sleep and it started to really storm at night. And to the point where it was unsafe for us to be outside. So we ended up moving inside into the lounge. And as we're sitting on these couches, I just remember being so exhausted. And the four of us (laughs) were kind of sitting, hanging out, just talking. And I remember (laughs) just falling in and out of sleep. But I was kind of like mid-conscious and like (laughs) mid-conversation when I would fall asleep. So I would be like mid-sentence, fall asleep but still kind of be in like a light sleep. So I would hear the conversations around me, have dreams about those conversations, wake up and join the conversations again, but in completely wrong places. <laughs> and they were teasing me like, oh man, you're falling asleep. I'm like, no, 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 I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm joining the conversation. Then I would just keep falling back asleep, hearing what they're said in my dreams and waking up and rejoining the conversation. It was just over and over and over again. Um, I love it. Yeah, and I think our shift ended at like 6. So Ben and yep. I drove home, got some sleep, woke up at 8. So really got probably like an hour and a half to text from Brian, who was saying that, I mean, we don't have to talk about the details, but an unfortunate event had happened. Um, Just I'm, say it. <laughs> where a student... Get way too uncomfortable not saying it. Yeah. Where a student was struck it's by killing lightning. killing me. And passed away during that night. So it was that same storm that caused us to move inside that uh, I guess she was walking back to residence uh, in the morning or walking to the SLC in the morning, was struck by lightning and passed away. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like we had gone through that whole day and, and now we're going into even more overdrive because now everyone had to be up. I believe there was like a meeting at 11 um to talk about you know kind of what we're going to do because we had to scrap the programming for that day and everything became optional i think it was supposed to be monte carlo um but it was yeah. scrapped. No, olympics oh it was olympics olympics. olympics on friday olympics on friday 
Yeah. So we scrapped Olympics and we made it a campus-wide optional programming that if the first-year students and upper-year students really felt like they wanted to be around other people during this time, that they could. And we kind of ran passive programming. I believe we held games in the pack. There was board games set yep. up in the SLC. Um, mm-hmm. And just a variety of activities. But And I, maybe I shouldn't joke about this, but... <laughs> I remember the storm was so bad, it continued for like the next 24 hours. So I remember at night, uh, I must have been manning the door for one of the entrances at the pack. I just see Brian running across the corridor outside from the SLC of the pack, like hurting people to get inside. And I remember yelling at him, like going outside, um from one of the pack entrances and yelling at Brian to get inside. He's like, you idiot, Brandon, get back inside. What are you doing? And I'm like, Brian, you're not safe yourself. Like you need to get inside. Oh, just one of those crazy moments where you're just running around in a panic as you do always trying to make sure that everyone is safe. You were being an idiot. <laughs> you were being an idiot. You were running around. <laughs> Shut up. For like 15, 20 minutes trying to herd people away. I only had a 20 foot metal pole with me. <laughs> but i just i'll always remember that as uh as being a crazy 48 hours of just hectic stuff going on that's really cool well sorry no i'll rephrase that that's a real <laughs> <laughs> who are you jordan bennington that, oh cool oh, oh cool how do you feel right now cool <laughs> that's sweet um really interesting memory like i i I really i really like that memory brandon and now it's not cool anymore brandon it's only interesting oh that's so interesting oh exactly i'm just trying to rebrand brian anyway (laughs) from that day so that games day on that friday in lieu of the regular programming i just reflecting on this now i just thought about it i haven't thought about this in years but that was the day that Arnold Schwarzenegger was introduced to the AHS community. Oh, big time. So big money, big the, money. Big okay. Big money and no whammies. So the w- way that it happened, it was pretty innocent. We were just playing cards against humanity um, in the SLC. And by we, I mean myself and a couple other hs leaders uh, including alberto and a couple first years as well and i was the card czar aka the person who judges and you will like just whatever clue it was one of the choices that i could choose was arnold schwarzenegger and so what i ended up doing i don't even really know why but I read Arnold Schwarzenegger as Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, you know, like the classic, you know, accent. And I like just most people at the table, especially Alberto, just lost their shit. <laughs> and so I, I still remember, I think it was mostly Alberto advocating for me to do then that accent or impression in front of like a whole bunch of other hs like leaders and students or whatever and spread it that way and so that's really the very (laughs) brief introduction on how the arnold schwarzenegger 
impression <laughs> was added to the AHS community for a while there. And like, wow, what a time. Like, I don't know if the timing for that introduction could have been any more impeccable. Like, right. that's funny. At a time when people just kind of needed to laugh, you know, and smile. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's incredible. That's a very good Cause point. that now, now that I remember that, like, Every time I think I saw you and Alberto around, he was always trying, like for years, this guy was trying to get you to do the Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Yeah. And he loves it. Like, he, you remember how <laughs> contagious Alberto's laugh was. Like, he, yeah. he got going. You just keel over. It was perfect. Oh, man, see, Alberto is a, like a classic example of um, what I was trying to talk about earlier with just being able to make friends with anybody. Like, I think Alberto yeah. was in his fourth year. Maybe it was in his fifth year in our second year. No. Fourth year. Was that the year we went to Kin Games? Yeah. No. You sure he wasn't Didn't in you guys go in your third year? I think we went in our second year. You and Ben did. That was the UBC year. Yeah. Because I, that was, we finished 2A and then I was on co-op and then I flew from Saskatchewan. That's right. To yeah. UBC. Yeah. That made, that checks out. So he, he was in his fifth year. So that's a great time. <laughs> Brian, you've been yeah. in a lot of different orientation week leadership roles, I think. Because you did SSO stuff, right? Not a ton. Just like some Warrior Tribe stuff. And then stuff when I was uh, Feds exec. Right. Because I'm, I'm remembering you in a yellow vest as a Fock. And I'm also remembering you in a mm-hmm. red vest. Oh, that feds, yeah. Right? That was when I was uh, that was when I was Feds. That was when you were Feds. Who did, was it you who was running around with two vests? Or was that Jill? Was running Jill. around with her yellow and her red vest. <laughs> Jill. Yeah, no, it was Jill her blue thing. and her red. Or oh, her blue or her dawn. Because she was dawning <laughs> and she was working at the same time on the contract. That was a good time. Um, but anyways, what's uh, what's one of your favorite memories from a week? Um, probably, I'm trying to think. There's two. I'll give two. So the first would be the year that I like that I was Fox. So those who don't know, it's like Fox is basically when you are the coordinators and you plan events and like you hire the leaders and you do whatever. Um, Funny name, I guess. I don't know if it was ever done on purpose or not, if it was supposed to be sound like fuck, but yeah. What's the acronym? (laughs) It's fuck. Uh, Federation orientation committee. Yeah. FOC is what it stands for. I thought I was being Uh, sworn at for like the first four days of O week, just for the record. (laughs) shut up (laughs) fine okay go on yeah and so it was that first it the first tuesday so tuesday of the week was um just kind of when the when students start to first meet their leaders they're coming on to bmh green and it was a gong show of a day like i had i think i'd already been up for like six thirty six (laughs) hours sounds about right at this point like from move-ins i've already lost my voice um like yada 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 all all online and it was raining it was where it was supposed to rain so we had we were debating to go on a rain plan or not while students were walking across campus and for those of you who are wondering yes it rains a lot in waterloo but anyways uh and typically always during orientation week um and so (laughs) i was i think i had at this point i had sprinted to heggy hall from a from bmh back to bmh back to haggy because that's where the uh single and sexy was happening and then 
back to BMH all in like 15 minutes. And I forget why, but something was going on. And when I like came back on to the BMH green, so this is where all of the first years were then meeting their leaders. It was just like a massive cheer fest already of people challenging each other to cheers. Like it's been 10 minutes that people have known each other and they're already like stepping out of their comfort zone. And I think it was in that moment where I actually, probably the only moment too of where I could take a step back and appreciate what orientation does for people. Um, and it re it like made me realize it was like one of those awakening moments of like, holy shit, like this is actually happening because of all of these amazing people that are around us and like willing to volunteer their time and get involved in their community. And I'm just going to stand here and watch this happen for five minutes because I'm tired from running. And it was super cool. Um, and like I ended up with chills and like the goosebumps of when you get into yeah. that really appreciative state. Uh, so that's something that I'll, I'll never forget. And then the, the next, the second piece that's probably close is when, um, I was actually in my exact role with fed. So with the student government on campus and Amy, Amy's, well, I always screw up her last name, Amy but I'm going to call her Zhao. I'm going to call her Zhao because I know it's going to piss her off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't She'll she hate listens. it. Sorry. Uh, when she was uh, planning orientation years later after I did, um, she created this event and it was called Lion's Lair. So basically like a spinoff of Dragon's Den for first years to come and pitch different ideas um, to plan the Waterloo's most innovative university in Canada, X many years running, whatever it is. And so she asked me to, to be one of the hosts and like judges. And it was super, super cool to also be removed and then witness all of these first years coming in and pitching these brilliant ideas that we encouraged them to run with. We critiqued them a little bit, got them in touch with the right people thereafter. And it was one where I really wasn't involved in any of the planning, any of the operational side and still got to take that step back and appreciate like, how cool students really are when you give them an opportunity to step out of their shell. So it's like another, it's another moment of where you appreciate what orientation can do for a, a community. Yeah. It's funny when you were describing that moment of you coming, I'm assuming it was BMH green um, yeah. and just watching the cheer off. Like I was, I was, I was getting speechless. Like I was like, wow. Like, I don't know if you have to have been a leader or have been in that moment to kind of truly understand how special that kind of stuff is. But uh, I think you, you absolutely did, do. You did a really good job of describing it because, I mean, you're right. Like, it's just something else. And it, the worst part is that it has to end and that it doesn't follow through, you know. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we've always struggled with and we will probably always struggle with is kind of keeping that spirit and energy and community and camaraderie going into the next week, into regular yeah. welcome week when everyone else joins campus. Um, I mean, maybe I'll blame it on the other faculties for ruining the spirit. Um, or I should blame it on us for being too close-minded and thinking only about AHS and not the school community as a whole. But in any regard, it's just unfortunate that it has to end and that um, that just sense of being and sense of belonging 
um, fades away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever get this, but whenever like I plan events or you know try to have a social gathering of something bigger than a handful of people, I always get worried that people aren't going to like each other or like they won't have fun. Mm. <laughs> and so I think that's partially why I appreciate that moment so much because you are expected to plan a cool week. You're expected so that it's fun and you're always held to like the year before standards for sure of how to, what was last year? Like, yeah, both from the leader's perspective, but as well as, as first years beyond one year, like nobody gives a shit. Nobody remembers people get old, whatever. But like, that moment was like, I didn't even have to do anything and we did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, this is the greatest accomplishment of my life, but I haven't, I didn't actually have to do a single thing to make this happen. Well, but I mean, if I you literally did, just sprinted, I just sprinted like to 5k. <laughs> I, think, no, I think you did. I think, you know, you and the rest of your team had done an incredible job to put people in a position to make that happen. Right, I think you mentioned absolutely, you, you but like stated, you said it well. Like the the prior thirty six hours that you were awake, planning and making sure everything, you know, was in place for a successful day to happen. Um, yeah. But it wasn't me. It doesn't like it doesn't matter how much planning or training you give to people or strategic conversations or prioritization. It really comes down to the people that you have around you and like. Uh, that I sure. know like I none of us can take credit for that. I know all of you within your leadership roles that you've had and like Brandon where you currently are even with coaching, you like you can't take credit for the team going to <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can be the best coach in the world, you can have the best strategy, but unless you have the buy and you have the teamwork, you have the camaraderie, yeah, you're not gonna perform. Absolutely. And I think that was the cool thing of going I physically didn't have to do anything in this moment to initiate this or influence it. People just went and did. Yeah. And it's like, it's that feeling of being proud of people that you're around of. And that's why a lot of us are still friends and still connect on a regular basis. <laughs> this yeah, is I kind of fun that. reliving these experiences. Um, did either of you guys get to participate? And I think actually Graham, you were there when I did this, but um midnight capture the flag i was gonna bring it up if you didn't <laughs> okay maybe i'll maybe i'll set the scene and then you can kind of talk about the experience sounds perfect. so i i mentioned earlier um sorry the overnight shifts at the outback shack so our faculty applied all sciences had this kind of information tent but every faculty on campus so all six faculties had an overnight booth serving the same purpose you know, at night offering walk homes, place to hang out, just kind of a information hub, safe place to be. That was always going to be uh, manned by leaders who were um, first day trained and, and so on. Kind of a unprogrammed tradition is I believe it's Thursday night. Yeah. At midnight, the leaders play capture the flag <laughs> um, uh, against yeah. one another. And <laughs> I, I don't know if this is exactly how it went down, but I, I want it to be like this is that <laughs> Brian and Mitch and Dan, I want to say pull up in the 
uh, Creeper Van. <laughs> the white I think, van. Might, I think it might have been Duke. Oh, Duke. Oh, Duke. Yeah, it was Duke. Full falls in the white van. <laughs> hey, kids, I got some candy. <laughs> Throws down the flag, says you're playing, and then drives off. <laughs> All on the BMH green. All on the BMH green. Honestly, one of the most amazing moments of my life. And we kind of knew it was coming, so we had some leaders who were there kind of waiting for the start of the of the game. But uh, other faculties apparently did not. <laughs> no. So I just remember him telling us these stories of, like, driving up onto their, basically, <laughs> up to their tents, uh, throwing down the flag, saying you're playing, driving off. Um, and them just being complete shock. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's funny too because them saying you're playing, some faculties definitely played more than others. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like, so I remember. Are you okay if I take uh, over now, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there were lots of different experiences that night on like how different <laughs> faculties handled this. From what I could tell, I don't at least remember any other faculty playing any offense whatsoever. Some were willing to play defense. Some were just trying to be Switzerland. Stay out of the way. So, like, for example, with environment, it was as simple as bolting through their lawn, trampling their flowers and taking their flag and just going on. And they're like, hey, no, wait. And then that was it. But then you also... Yeah, exactly. But then you also had groups like science. Oh, science. <laughs> and science has a unique position on our campus where they're basically in a corridor, meaning that you can only, I want to say attack, but I feel like that's incorrect. You can only approach them from two directions. And so they felt, I guess, confident with their little stronghold or whatever. And felt so confident that they had this guy who was on shift. And somehow he was already dressed like a Game of Thrones character. (laughs) And he decided that it was an appropriate time when we were starting to sneak up on them. Or at least we thought we were sneaky. To recite the entire Oath of the Night's Watch. (laughs) Which for those of you who don't know is basically just like an oath to darkness and defending a wall. And so we were all sort of surprised and like didn't know what to do because it was just it seemed so out of place. But I I remember it actually took us a while to get their flag. Forever. And, and part of the success ended up being Duke and Mitch driving <laughs> through like that corridor with the creeper van. And some of us leaders, like, tiptoeing. And when I say tiptoeing, I literally mean tiptoeing. Myself, among, I think, most of the the people there from AHS, had taken off their shoes. So you could silently walk on the, like, cobblestone path surface, right? So literally tiptoeing as this van is driving through campus, like, in the wheel wells, where the van is so they couldn't see our feet under the van (laughs) so we trojan horsed the science outback shack the sci-eye to get their flag 
and go into the night. That's amazing. And it was so. I remember that from so a completely fun. different perspective because I can't remember who I was with, but you guys were doing that. We were running through the science building to try and go through the doors on the side. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Like, I remember going up and around. Um, I can't remember how we must have got in. It's probably through Quantum Nano. Yeah. And then through that little pathway. And then we went up to the second floor and then went back down to the first floor. And I remember watching <laughs> from the doors the van go by. You guys ran out and go and grab the flag. And we were like tiptoeing through the building, doing the exact same thing, like <laughs> creeping around corners. And I, I remember this guy. You had like a they, man. They had swords. I remember yeah. them guarding this flag. No joke. Like swords and shields, and it was Game of Thrones honestly, ass guards. It was honestly one of the funniest things, and one of the most fun things I've ever done. Um, that was awesome. Yeah. Oh man. I remember and how another, upset Ben was because yeah. obviously somebody had to stay back at the Outback Shack. Guard. Yeah. And Ben. Ben Ben was stuck guarding <laughs> for the non-existent faculties to come try to steal. Oh us. yeah, I think math maybe tried to come and and steal a couple right. times because math was just low-hanging fruit. Fruit. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh man. Yeah, that was it, amazing. It, and just on the topic of those overnight shifts, one of my other favorite memories of O Week that was non-first year related because there are a lot of great memories there as well, but. I remember somehow the plan materializing very quickly to play Mario Kart by projecting yes. up yes. onto the outside of one of our home buildings, BMH. Yes. And that to me is just like the pinnacle of university. Like if you're yep. saying that you can sit in a lawn chair with a projector and Mario Kart for N64 at 2 a.m. on yep. your campus with with don't forget what was to eat i have no clue expired, what was expired expired pizza oh pizza oh is of course the only How could food I group of orientation week yeah you're right <laughs> it's the only thing you eat during yep. orientation week yeah so if this was thursday night that pizza was probably from tuesday morning and i say morning because pizza was delivered at all hours of the day during orientation week no joke oh, yeah. whenever it was left over Yep. And you still seem to lose weight by the end of orientation week, too. Somehow. You have like 50 slices of pizza a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can it's I, magical. um, on the, on the topic of the van, so this was, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about those stories. This is a different oh. story. This is the next year. Okay. Um, hopefully it was a new van. Um, <laughs> but, uh, this was when Graham was Falk, and I can't remember what we were moving. Okay. We were, were we moving um, Pop or something? Do you remember this, Graham? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh! oh the SLC loading dock. Yes! Juice boxes! <laughs> juice boxes! So. <laughs> I think it was, ju- it was juice boxes and like. There's GoPro of juice. video of this. There's GoPro of evidence that this actually happened. So. <laughs> um. These vans are like, you know, those 15 passenger white vans um, with no seats in them. And there was four of us, I think. It was me, Graham, uh, Dong, Izzy, yeah, and 
uh, Satch might have been there. If um, if there was anyone else, yeah. Yeah, if there was anyone else. But anyways, we're loading like <laughs> how many? I don't know, like a thousand juice boxes into this. No van exaggeration. To move them somewhere. I, I don't know. Whatever. It's irrelevant. Doesn't even matter. Uh, we wanted to like go. We had to help unload them. So we're like, I don't want to walk. Let's ride in the back of the van. So we all pile into the back of the van, slam the doors, and like you know, we wanted to pretend like we were like you know navy seals or something we're like go 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 yeah it was like a heist and graham was our getaway driver um we're stupid <laughs> the doors didn't shut properly in the van so when graham slams on the on the accelerator we all fly back and the doors fly open and luckily we were holding on to something um because like four cases of drinks fell out the back <laughs> go flying out of the back everyone gets knocked over i think izzy almost actually fell out of the van i think at least one person fell out sorry yeah, becky um <laughs> yeah. that's awesome man that was uh, graham was so pissed he was so upset <laughs> was I? he's like how could you not close the doors properly oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was so into the heist i like, wanted Graham, to rip it <laughs> like Graham, we tried he was so upset i mean because again he just didn't want us you know to get hurt um right and we probably I, shouldn't yeah, have peer pressured was. him into taking off right away but yeah that was awesome that was definitely one of my favorite moments that's so that's prime <laughs> did you know about that one brian no yeah that, that one doesn't come up we're gonna have to much. find we're gonna we have to find, find the video, video. Because Dong is GoProing the whole thing. So, like, we get in and he's like GoProing us, chilling in the back. Graham takes off and everyone just falls down and, like, Juice goes flying out of the back of the van. Yeah. Um, I I think chilling is, is probably generous because I don't know how much time there was between you saying go, go, go and me stepping on it. Not a lot. Y- you know, <laughs> like, I. I I think it would be That's interesting awesome. to watch the video just for the sake of I'm not entirely convinced that we ever got to the whole closing the doors part. I hope I hope that you can hear some tire squeal on it too. <laughs> like Turn no no, rubber. he like stepped on it. And this is this is up the little hill of the SLC loading dock too. Fed's so. load, fed's, yeah, SLC loading dock. Yeah, you can uh, burn some rubber there. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. The uh, last one that I'll share is um is once again when I when I was fog, and I thought I lost the key. <laughs> oh my gosh! The one search. This, I, I, this. I, I thought I lost the key on a field that's like I don't know. Let's say like is half half a soccer field or a third of a soccer field size. Like is that a fair? Easily fifty meters by fifty meters. Yeah, okay, but cool. honestly, so, it might have it might as well have been fifty hectares. Like I could, so <laughs> I thought no at the time I believed that I dropped the key to the barbecues and we were having a barbecue for like a thousand people that night so pretty important <laughs> to be able to like unlock the cage for the barbecues and then be able to use them so uh, away we go and it's like Barbecue's at six, we'll say. And I think it's two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon, and I go to reach for it in my fanny pack. Yes, I was wearing a fanny pack, and it's not there. Where was and it, so Brian? I, I automatically am like, I dropped it. Like I was doing I was jumping around, like we were dancing, we were doing whatever, like 
being Brian, and I dropped it in the field. And I've, I've checked all of my pockets, checked my backpack, checked everything, not anywhere to be found. So I'm like, it's, it's, it's in the field. So I, I seemingly recruit about 60 folks very quickly. I don't even know how I did it. We Magic got 60 of a week. people and made the sacrifice to crawl on their hands <laughs> and knees in a line, in a straight line across this field searching the grass for this key so <laughs> just like picture this 60 people all walk cl- crawling on the ground in unison not saying a word combing the ground. combing through combing. individual blades of grass <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so this is going on for maybe like 10 minutes you're such an asshole <laughs> <laughs> and i look in Apparently, I had a secret pocket in my fanny pack that I didn't know about at the time. And I looked in there, and there's the key. And so I feel like the biggest doofus ever. So what do I do? Well, I join the party. I start crawling on my hands and my knees ahead of everybody else and throw it on the ground (laughs) and and pretend that I found it. (laughs) Amazing. we could get the barbecues and within like, I think it was within five or 10 minutes. The first thing that Jill comes over and says to me and goes, so I heard you just had all the leaders crawl on their hands and their knees trying to find your key. I go, yep. She goes, and then miraculously you found it. I'm like, yeah, it was crazy. Like I just got on the ground. I started looking like super lucky. And she goes, yeah, super lucky that you probably found it in your pocket, threw it on the ground. Didn't want to embarrass yourself in front of everybody else. Like calls me out. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what happened. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> Jill, Jill might be the best person at, at just seeing through people's BS. Yeah, she's pretty good at it. Like she, she's got that motherly instinct to know when somebody's about to lie or is lying. Well, with three brothers and Brian in her life, I think <laughs> she's Brian. pretty much been dealing with and the Dan. worst and dan and dan and dan and, dan. and yeah. ian and ian oh ian. <laughs> yeah guys don't give i always get this bad rep because i'm the loud one but like <laughs> i normally instigate but i don't finish the job ever <laughs> sounds like you're but a i quitter. get a bad rep and didn't Vinny live with you guys during that time too yeah yeah not when joe was there though oh Jill moved in as soon as Vinny moved out. But yeah, good times. Amazing times. The best. I think moral of the story here, guys, is like orientation can have such a good impact if you go and you put yourself out there. And I feel like a lot of people go through the same motions when they're done school and move to a new city or get a new job. And you have to basically look at somebody and you're like, you're my friend now. You don't have a choice. Like we're going to be friends until somebody does something bad and like says that we shouldn't be friends. But we're friends. Yeah. And forth. then you just go and do things. And people should do that more often. And it should be socially acceptable as an adult to do that and put yourself out there and just yeah. start claiming people as your friends. And hopefully you connect and do activities together. 100%. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I hope that we're still able to recall a lot of these memories. Um, They're going to be funnier in about 10 years, years from now. We're going to make a lot of stuff up. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> our recollection of the events will not be good. but i mean like just the feeling of having lost your voice 
after the second day because you were cheering so hard or the fact that you've added 30 more people on Facebook because you've made so many new friends out of leaders or other faculty leaders or first years by the end of the week. Like, you know, it's just those are experiences that I don't think will ever be able to be replicated, um, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. But I think the biggest thing is like, I don't imagine many first years are listening to this or ever will ever listen to this podcast. But, um, you know, if you have the opportunity to get yourself reinvolved in orientation, go and do it. You know, you'll notice basically all of the stories we told were from our time as <laughs> either leaders or coordinators or um, as, you know, as, as Brian's stories, as Falk. It's just such an amazing culture, such an amazing community of people. Looks good in our resume that you got involved. Um, and again, don't like, even do it for that. Don't do it for that. <laughs> but, but like you said, do it, like, for it, the just, kids. it gives you a great opportunity to do get outside your shell and to, say hi. To do what? To get outside and play. Get outside. Get outside and play. <laughs> um, do either of you find folk want to touch on the uh, bakery? Or is that for another time? I think we'll leave the sweet treats for another day. Sweet treats mm, for another day. <laughs> I do have a sweet tooth, but I agree. That flew by. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. If any, of, uh, if anyone who's listening is a former orientation week leader, and I know you have some amazing stories to share, send them in. That's their interesting pod at gmail.com. We'll share them on the next podcast. We'd love to hear your stories. We're probably getting tired of reliving and hearing our own stories about orientation week. So let's hear some different perspectives. <laughs> um, the glory days. Yeah. Of what is an amazing time. Some pretty freaking incredible days. I will say before we go, one of my favorite memories, quick memory, is um, being able to be an orientation week leader at the same time that my brother was an orientation week leader. Um, mm. That to me was super, super special to be a part of. And during one of the campus-wide events, we actually got to run the escape rooms in MC together, which for me was just a super cool experience because, you know, not only did I get to share that experience with my friends, but also my brother and, you know, hearing his experience from even a different faculty in math was really cool as well. So if you have any cool all week experiences that you want to share with us, please feel to do that's so interesting pod at gmail.com. Um, as always, you can touch with us on Instagram at TSI Podcast. Gentlemen, any last thoughts? Get outside and play. <laughs> yeah, it's Get always a great time. Get out there and play. Unless it's a storm. Stay inside and, stay and play. Inside and play. <laughs> then stay inside and play games. <laughs> I'll be outside running around. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>